Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guests. Why don't you introduce us to yourself? Hi, I'm Josh Petrakowski. I won't have you try and spell that. (laughs) It's great to have you on today. And now, why don't you tell us a little bit about what high demand religion or cult you left behind? So I was grew up in what I suppose you could call evangelical Christianity or sometimes non-denominational Christianity. <clears throat> and I left it behind in my early early to mid-20s, I'd say. Okay. And what made you want to leave it behind? It's a complicated process, I think, because when you grow up in this environment, you're kind of steeped in it, you know, and... It's been, I've been through a lot of therapy over the last few years, and I've learned things about myself from before. And I think it was something that I just adopted because it was what my parents did. And my younger sister, who's a couple years younger than me, fought it at every turn, and it was really difficult for her. And me seeing that as a kid and a teenager, it was just easier to play along. I didn't really question it or what I actually thought about it for a very long time. And once I actually got out of the house, moved out, got married, that kind of started the process of me unpacking how I actually felt about the faith I grew up with. And now you you got married and then you left. So was your wife evangelical Christian as well, or was she not? Mm-hmm. No, she was, uh, excuse me, she was raised Catholic and had left that behind as well. She went and got her degree in natural history and environmental science. And so she considers herself a scientist. And so that religion and faith to her just didn't make any sense with the things that she was educated in. But that kind of created the sort of environment that I needed to actually find the space to unpack all of the stuff I grew up with and figure out how I felt about it. And now what were some of the harmful teachings that you experienced growing up? So I think the single biggest thing that I really have issue with now, especially looking back is when I was a, a kid, my sister and I went through some abuse when we were little. And as abuse survivors typically do, they sometimes blame themselves. They think that they somehow did something wrong. And growing up in evangelical Christianity, it's hammered into you. Like every Sunday, every time you go to youth group, whatever it is, that you're not good enough. That you're a failure and the only way out is because Christ did this thing for you. And for someone who's already wrestling with issues of self-worth and feeling like you weren't strong enough to protect your sister or things like that, that just adds to that mentality. So it didn't, it didn't create a good mental space for me when I was a teenager. And I think, thinking about it, I think that's probably one of the more insidious sort of things. It's not like, it's not overt like the highly conservative ends of Christianity's stance on like LGBTQ issues or things like that. It's a little bit more subtle 
And the, it's the subtle things that I think are actually more dangerous. Oh, definitely. And now, did purity culture really mess you up as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember reading, I can't remember, I, I know he has since disavowed the books and left his faith as well, but the, the I remember reading the book, uh, I Kissed Dating Goodbye or something like that. It was a big thing in my youth group, The the obviously the idea of waiting till marriage and all of this stuff, but at the same time, adjacent to that, there's no space in a lot of evangelical Christianity for anything that isn't like heteronormative. So if you might even if you're even questioning your sexuality, that's like that's sin. That's the devil trying to lead you astray. And so, you know, I was I've since come out as a bisexual, but you know, as a teenager wrestling with all those feelings and when we're teenagers we're just loaded with a soup of all kinds of emotions and things that we don't understand and on top of that feeling like I was somehow like sick or dirty or something like that for feeling the way I felt just oh it really messed me up as a teenager so now you have left has your sister left as well and your parents as well or is it just you that left so I've left my sister left my baby sister excuse me left as well my dad has been half in half out for a long time my mom is the core of the faith in our family, and she's still very much involved. So how is that in your family where all you kids have left, but your mom still goes and your dad kind of? It's It creates an interesting dynamic for sure. I know my mother looks at herself as a failure as a parent because none of her kids believe the way she does. I've heard similar things from other parents whose uh, kids didn't follow in their theological footsteps, I guess. And I know like my grandfather doesn't, it feels like a failure as a parent because none of his kids are Catholic. So there's always that sort of pain that I feel like she probably is, is wrestling with whenever like we get on the topic of faith and none of us are really like, like I'm pretty, uh, opinionated about it and I don't really keep my mouth shut sometimes so it probably hurts her a little bit more than I intend to when I speak my mind but it also like a lot of this is also wrapped up in politics and I want to be careful of you and your audience and not suggest that any one side of the fence is is ultimate good or bad but the intertwining of Christianity and particularly conservative politics is creates a real bizarrely dangerous environment on top of just the religion itself. And so that makes it all kinds of difficult when, yeah, 16 year old me was like straight pride, conservative, you know, Christian who like I wore a straight pride shirt on the day of silence to high school. And it was like, that was me. That was the, the reflection of the stuff that I was growing up with. And now I'm 32 and twice my age then. And yeah, now I'm a a bisexual socialist practically. So it doesn't go over too well most of the time whenever there's uh, family gatherings. Oh, I can relate to that. (laughs) And (laughs) now what are some ways that you feel like your life is happier besides just being able to acknowledge your bisexuality? 
Well, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, for one thing, not feeling like there's, I've heard um, a philosopher that I've really gotten into over the past couple of years named Alan Watts. He has, he talks about in one of his lectures, he talks about Western Christianity and how it feels like there's always big brother watching over your shoulder to see if you're sinning or doing something you shouldn't be. And so not having that sort of sense that like every thought I have that crosses my mind is somehow me committing some sort of evil or something and just being able to go out into the world and not judge everything based on what my rigid belief system is and experience things from the way that other people do or being open enough to like modify my existing beliefs based on what I encounter out in the world is a, a freeing experience in, in and of itself. That's an interesting point. Now, not being religious anymore, do you feel like you're a lot less judgmental than you were before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that also comes with my sort of change in politics and my acceptance of my sexuality and things like that. But like, my journey to get where I am now has led me through a lot of different public figures that I was following along, listening to, learning things from. And this is gonna this is gonna be really weird, but I found myself really listening to the Joe Rogan podcast for a long time, um, and not for him because he's crazy, but his guests and having just such a diverse collection of people on. I was seeing, I was like, oh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, that's awesome. Like, I want to listen to him and see what he has to say about science and physics, and like <clears throat> being exposed to to all of that has really change the way that I look at other people and the way that I, I see what other people care about and can identify now a lot more easily with where they're coming from than I ever used to be. And what are some things you get to do now that you can, didn't get to do before without feeling guilty? Well, sexuality aside, because that's certainly one of them, but you know, I've always had even though I don't consider myself religious anymore, I don't exactly consider myself an atheist either. I'm somewhere in the middle. I have an attachment to the mystical. I find it always, I've always found it fascinating, even though I don't agree with it. I like the sort of bizarre culture of Catholic services, like the really hardcore Catholic services when they come down with the incense and all that stuff. But also like I've made a lot of friends who are pagan and I've spent a lot of time learning about their particular brand of paganism and how that works. And before that, like I remember when I was uh when I was a teenager, I started playing D D with some friends in high school for the first time. And uh, my parents at some point found out I was doing that and I got grounded for a month. Because they were of the opinion that D&D &D led to Satan worship. It's like now I do all that kind of stuff. I explore other religions, talk to other people, learn these things. And I don't feel like I'm somehow sneaking around doing stuff I shouldn't be. I'm just learning different parts of the world. And now what are three tips you have people looking to leave a high demand religion or cult? You know, the one thing that I've found in, especially with, evangelical Christianity and as closely as it is tied in some places to politics, I'd recommend really like 
excuse me, actually reading, actually read the Bible. Because first of all, like there's so many of us that grew up in the faith that haven't actually read any of it or anything more than whatever was there on, on our Sunday sermons. Actually read it and learn who Jesus actually was and the way he's talked about and what his actions were in the New Testament. And I think you'll come to find if you compare his actions and how he treats people that modern Western Christianity kind of looks down upon, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sick and the needy, you'll probably see that there's a stark difference between modern Christianity and how Jesus actually was. I think that's probably the biggest thing I can suggest. Outside of that, try new perspectives. Learn from new people. That's probably one of the greatest things you can do to broaden your own horizons and understand if you really believe in Christianity, how can you really know you believe it if you don't know what other things are like? So I think that's about it. I can't think of any other uh, big suggestions. Well, those are good ones. And now, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we go today? Um. You know, no, I don't think so. It's everybody has their own journey out of whatever faith they're tied up in. And if you're struggling with, if you have, if you feel a certain way, like if you identify a certain way, you know, maybe you're trans or you're gay or you're bi or something like that, and you're living in a family that doesn't accept you for those sorts of things, there are, first of all, with every group, there are good and bad examples of it. There are good churches that actually accept people from those communities without any issue whatsoever. So if you really need to, like, start there. Start finding a group of people that can accept you for who you are. And that's the first steps of finding your way out. It's never hopeless. There's always a a way to move forward and better your life if it's something that's causing you a lot of distress. Oh, I like that. Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.